0: Today is a brand new day, and you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today, because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Welcome to the world of miracles.
1: Hey, superhumans, welcome back to the Superhuman Playbook podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow five star Superhuman Academy coach, Dylan Peterson. He authored a chapter of the Superhuman Playbook titled Get Fit at Home Even If You Have No Idea Where to Begin. Besides helping people learn faster, get in shape, and maximize their productivity, Dylan is an IT entrepreneur, father of four, and wrestling coach. I'm really excited to introduce you to Dylan because I think his story is truly an inspiration to anyone who feels stuck. He is one of only roughly 500 people living in Menong, Wisconsin, and has a history as an overweight middle schooler trying not to fail gym class turned gas station employee. From these seemingly unpromising beginnings, he transformed his body without ever stepping foot in a gym, acquired an almost comical number of letters after his name, and has made a big impact in his community and the lives of people all over the world. So if you are looking for inspiration, look no further than this interview with Dylan Peterson. Hey Dylan, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for our conversation today.
0: Oh, it's great to be here, man. For sure. that has been, uh, been paying attention to the podcast a little bit. You got kind of a cool thing going here and it'll be fun <laughs> to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, I had a super fun time uh, writing the book with you. It's, it's kind of good to revisit this. We had a little break for a while where we uh, all the authors weren't communicating as much, so it's good to, good to get back in connection. It's been cool.
0: Absolutely. That was a fun project. I've never done the whole, uh, you know, I've written a little bit of blog posts here and there, but I haven't done anything quite as extensive as a book ever. I know you had one before this, so yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit of experience helps, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to publish something every year. I don't know if I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh we'll see what happens in 2021. I've got a couple ideas. Anyway, not about me. I I do want to really dig into your chapter. Um, but before we get to that, I wanted to give you the opportunity, share about yourself. Um, you can connect to super learning as much or as little as you want. And also I'd love to hear more. You share some of your story in your chapter related to fitness. I think it'd be really cool to hear more about that too.
0: Right. Uh, well, I mean, so we're starting off a little kind of a high level intro. Um, my name is Dylan Peterson. I'm from a tiny, tiny little town up in Northern Wisconsin in the Midwest of the U S um, I spend the majority of my time trying to manage a couple of small businesses that I've started, including you know a little bit of super learner coaching, just like Colin does here. And uh, I also run a business called Techies, where I do computer work, uh, computer repair, cell phone repair, technology services. Basically, I'm in a tiny town, and I'm like the only computer guy around. So basically, anything related to computers or phones, or I've even like repaired guitars and and cassette mixers and <laughs> anything with a circuit board in it. So. Yeah. Um, when I'm not doing that, I am coaching middle school wrestling. Some of the year, uh, I got, I have four kids at home now, so I'm They keep me around in pretty well, uh, little bit all over the board. Um, kind of playing around with quite a few projects, uh, studying for my real estate license right now, cause again, living out in the country, everybody's starting to kind of de-urbanize a little bit and move out of the cities and, uh, figure it's kind of a good opportunity for me to jump into that market and see what I can do. I'm always looking to learn and jump into different projects and learn new things and get into new places. And um, this gives me a good opportunity
1: to do it. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like every time you talk, you share a new, like totally new niche that you're diving into. And uh, yeah, that is always super cool. <laughs> I have the
0: funniest, I have the goofiest resume that's ever existed. I've handed it to a couple of people <laughs> maybe that have been like, What? Yeah, you know, you know, How many letters do you end up with after your name after a while? And you know, it's getting long. I need half a page for my resume just to list all of the certifications.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, so could you share a little bit more? Um, and to give some context to this, so Dylan's chapter in the playbook, he talks about getting fit at home, even if you have no idea where to begin. So, can you share more about your story, uh, both with fitness, how it relates to to super learning, if at all? Sure. Um,
0: and you know, forgive me if I get off on this. This is kind of a broad subject for me. <laughs> it's um, all good. It kind of starts and I and I shared a little bit about this in the book, but it kind of started my my journey with fitness kind of started. Uh, I can kind of I can really vividly remember this moment, actually, when I was in the seventh grade, I stepped on, I, I had never really paid much attention before. I mean, obviously, I, I, OK, I stepped on a scale, a bathroom scale when I was in the seventh grade and distinctly remember seeing a number. I, th- I want to say it was 223. So at seventh grade, I was 223 pounds. So I'm not going to say that I like wasn't aware of that because, you know, I, I don't know if any of you, have, if you've all been to school, then you know that every 220 pounds seventh grader is very aware of it. Um, but it never, you know, it never really became something that registered with me as something that I could control. And that was kind of a pivotal moment for me when I realized that, you know, man, I really kind of have to do something about this. This is, you know, this was, that was kind of the defining moment for me that, okay, this is more than just, you know, uh, Dylan has a little bit of baby fat. This is, you know, Dylan's a 13, 14 year old kid. I forget exactly how old, who, you know, is starting to get a little bit out of control. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I I kind of started to explore the world of fitness at that point. Uh, I was, you know, I lifted, I went into the school weight room and was lifting weights with a couple of friends of mine, one of whom, you know, did some bodybuilding competition. Um, so he kind of helped me learn a little bit, uh, these two, and now and now both of them still power lift to this day, actually. Um, you know, and I sort of got a little bit of, you know, I, I got a little bit of education from them. Uh, weightlifting was never really something I was super into, but it did kind of get me started on the path. Um, you know, but I always remember like the, the presidential fitness test that we had to take back in high school where, you know, you had to run a mile and you had to do pull-ups and you had to do push-ups and you had to do V-sits and... I remember dreading those every single time I would dread those with, you know, with my eight minute, you know, eight or nine minute mile times. And I couldn't do a pull up and, uh, you know, my, my V-sit, the V-sit I think I was lucky to reach my feet and it just, you know, I And mean, it started to get better from there. I also joined up with the wrestling team around that time, uh, which, which really kind of helped me too. And it, it got me involved in a sport. Uh, it got me involved with, you know, some other kids, uh, you know, I'd I played a little bit of football before that, uh, just junior high football for a year. But you know, football being what it is, it almost encourages kids to be—you know—and not necessarily encourages kids to be on the bigger side. But you know, it, being being a 220-pound seventh grader when you're playing football isn't really as much of an issue. Being a 220-pound seventh grader when you're wrestling <laughs> tends to cause some issues, especially sure. if you don't have the 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 athleticism or the strength, the base strength levels to be able to compete with other. 220 pound kids. So, uh, so I mean, eventually, it kind of got to the point that I got through high school, I didn't really have access to the weight room anymore. Um, and I live again, I live in a tiny town, the nearest gym was 20 plus miles away, um, would wow. have been a, you know, yeah. yeah, it'd have been a 30 mile or 30 minute one way trip. So for me to go to the gym would turn into, you know, oh I go to the gym for an hour. Now it turns into okay, well, then there's an hour there, half hour there half hour back to drive. You know, going to the gym now becomes a two and a half, three hour adventure. And I really, I, again, I've got I got kids all over right now. Even back then, I didn't have I, mean, I didn't have my kids, but I've always been pretty um occupied <laughs> with various projects and things going on. So I never really had that kind of time. Um Started digging into calisthenics as kind of my fitness method. You know, obviously, you learn a little bit about calisthenics through wrestling. I mean, you know, you're doing push ups and you're doing body squats and you're doing you know, the, the classic stuff that everybody thinks of when they think of calisthenics, where you're trying to do, you know, a thousand pushups and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, afterwards, when I, when I got into, when I became an adult and I got out of, got away from the weight room and, and started living out in the country, that's when fitness or calisthenics really started to shine to me as a way that I can get fit, I can get strong, I can overcome these, uh, I can overcome these obstacles that I've, been f- that I've been facing since I was pretty young. Um, you know, I've mentioned pull-ups a few times when I was talking here, pull-ups were always an exercise for me. That was like, man, I really, if I could learn how to do pull-ups, that would be like a huge win, uh, for me. So, you know, put calisthenics, emphasizes pull-ups and stuff quite a lot. So that was kind of a draw a draw for me it was, you know, cool. Now I can learn how to do these crazy, you know, and you go on YouTube and you see guys like Chris Heria, um, you know, Hannibal for King. I'm trying to think of other guys, T majors. Um, uh some of some of these other guys that you know just are doing just these crazy crazy things on on the bars and it's the the street workout crowd um and to be able to do that kind of stuff i mean to go from not being able to do a pull-up to being able to do what they call muscle-ups was quite it was quite a that that was a big win for me and it was a big kind of i don't know i don't want to say a feather in my hat necessarily but it was an important journey for me as a, as a person, not because, you know, muscle ups are like the pinnacle of fitness or anything like that. But, you know, like I said, to go from a kid who can't do a pull up to being able to stand up out of my desk right now and go rep out a few muscle ups. It's, it's quite a night and day difference.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Uh, (laughs) not a lot of people, uh, probably know this about me, but like you mentioned the presidential fitness tests and, um, I remember back then, if you, you just said you were running like eight or nine minute miles, I was, <laughs> I was the kid hiding in the bathroom. So I didn't have to go out on the track at all. So you had me beat back then. Um, I had a metabolism to thank for not breaking the scale, but, um, yeah, I remember on the the sit and reach, they had like the box and then they had a, a board that came off of it that went all the way to like negative six or something, which was somewhere around your knees and I was at negative seven. I couldn't even reach that board that came off. <laughs> so yeah, I totally uh, totally relate to the struggles at that age with fitness, and I know that that can be really demoralizing. Um, but you've obviously come a huge uh, distance from there, and I, I I really love the way that you wrote your chapter because you, you're a you're not a a fitness expert, and that's. No. That's something you made clear right from the start. And yet you chose this topic because, you know, in the context of the book, we're really talking about what's one of the number one things that defined your journey as a person that helped you to become who you are today and that you want to share with others that you think could be helpful. And I think your chapter found a really sweet spot in the book because so much of the book, which is really, really good, is a lot about you know, how to use your brain, but you're not just a brain. Like nobody's just a brain floating around. (laughs) If you don't know how to um, use your body, you know, you've got half the picture. Right. And I think your chapter is a really good introduction to, Hey, if you're in this spot where, you know, you're learning a lot, but you don't have this, this physical health side of it, here's where you can start. You don't need a master's degree to start getting fit start getting in shape and I love that perspective of somebody who's just you struggled you didn't get a degree in it or anything but you found your own path and that's you know what super learners do so could you share more about what that looked like for you what was your actual transformation story there and what are some things that you think others could learn from it sure um basically, when I first started getting into calisthenics, I kind of knew, like I
0: said, I mean, everybody kind of thinks of the same sort of thing when they think of calisthenics, you think about repping out thousands of pushups. And, and that was kind of the initial idea that I had, too. So it was just kind of started with, you know, let's do some pushups, which will get you, I mean, at the beginning, it'll get you somewhere, you'll start to notice some differences. But as you become a more advanced trainee, obviously, you need to start looking a little bit different. So that's what got me into this idea of uh, progressive calisthenics which i forget i want to say it was todd kuzlykas from a shot of adrenaline.net i want to say was the one that kind of first got me into this concept that okay so i can take a push up right but if if i want to okay so i'm trying to think of how to articulate this when you're on a bench press right if i want to get stronger at a bench press and i lay down on the bench i do my bench presses and if i when i when i can bench press whatever the you know three sets of 10 or whatever your scheme is, then I can just simply add more weight. Well, when you're doing push-ups, that becomes a little bit harder. I mean, there are things like weight vests, um, you know, and I suppose I could go, you know, uh, I don't know. I suppose I could go eat five pounds of food, but I wouldn't <laughs> probably want to do that. Uh, so it becomes a little bit trickier to uh, to increase what we call it, uh, in strength in strength training. They call it intensity. The basically the higher the intensity the fewer reps you can do of a given exercise and weightlifting, it's you know more more intensity means you're lifting a weight that's closer to your one rep max whereas in calisthenics one rep max isn't so much a thing because it's we can't again we can't we can't we don't have granular control over the weight so instead we can modify the movement so okay so if i'm doing push-ups for example if i want to make push-ups easier I can go down to my knees and do what they call modified push ups or forgive me for the phrase i I don't use this phrase, but they've been called girl girl push ups in the past. I've heard them called when you when you do push ups on your knees again, I don't use that phrase. it is what it is if you if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. everyone's journey starts somewhere. I know a lot um, of girls
1: push ups than me, so
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. oh no, for sure uh. So that was that was kind of a, a an eye opening concept for me is that, oh, OK, so there is an actual strategy to this. There are ways that you can act that you can actually have a strategic approach. Uh, so that got me, you know, and you mentioned progressive overload earlier. So we can apply the same concepts of progressive overload in weight training. Again, like I mentioned before, progressive overload is the idea that as you exercise and get stronger, you can't continue to lift the same amount of weight or it won't have the same effect on you. So if Mm -hmm. I can bench press, when I start bench pressing and say I'm bench pressing, we'll just say 150 pounds, right? And I bench press 150 pounds. If I do that and stay at 150 pounds and don't change anything, eventually my body's not going to respond to that or it's not going to respond to that as quickly or as well. So as we get stronger, we need to increase that resistance in order to keep our bodies adapting to new heavier and heavier stress loads. So it's the same kind of concept as in, as in calisthenics. So now I can take my push-up and now instead of having to just do more push-ups, I can increase intensity by doing things like raising my feet up or moving my hands closer together or putting one hand up like on a basketball so that my hands are no longer on even, on even ground. Uh, and then you can do this with, I mean, really any exercise. So that kind of got me into a kind of a systematic approach. Uh, and then I found resources such as Uh, The Reddit has a subreddit for bodyweight fitness, uh, and they have what's what's referred to and and known as the the recommended routine uh, put together by um, Antronic and I believe Nick Hanvier was involved. Um, It's it's a really good starter program for people who are just kind of getting into it. Uh, But that program is based very much on progressive overload, as well as the startbodyweight.com, that which is Nick Hanvier's. Uh, website that was another great one, another great program that I mentioned in the book, too. I think. Um, but when I first started, when I first started learning, you know, I you I, like I said, you go on YouTube and you see all these guys doing all these crazy things, and it's like, man, how do I learn? How do I go from not being able to do a pull up to being able to do what did I, I? One of the first videos I saw was a guy who grabs, he grabs, jumps up on a pull up bar, grabs the pull up bar, and throws and does a pull up so high that he claps and then catches the bar, comes back down and does another pull up and claps, and it's just like. Okay, so how do I get from where I am to
1: that? And no, I Yeah, I can start those. with the clap and just leave the pull up <laughs> out <Right>. of it. <laughs> just, just jump and clap. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Just that's, jump and clap. Yeah. yeah. I'd
0: be happy if I can get that far, for sure. Uh, so you know it, it's it, and then it's sort of breaking everything down, right? So then, uh, so you you in just like any new subject, any new concept, you're gonna take the large, you know, this large chunk of information that when you try to look at it all at once, it's just an overwhelming blob of stuff, you know, of info and and things that you don't know what to do with. But then you start to kind of break it down and go, okay, cool. So now let's look at this as it applies to you know like push-ups. And that's what I was saying earlier, where. We can apply this concept of progressive overload to push-ups where we can adjust the body mechanics to meet our current needs. And then as we get stronger, we can either, you know, we can add reps here and there up to a certain point. Um, But once we get up to, you know, 10, 12 reps, you don't really want to keep just piling on reps or you don't harness that progressive overload properly. So now we're into changing the body mechanics. And that kind of led me into the ability to sort of put together programs for myself, very similar to what weightlifters put together, you know, like, uh, you know, if you're going to do a, you know, a, the classic bodybuilding split. So, you know, if you Monday legs day, you know, Wednesday is as chest and tries and back and Friday is, you know, back and biceps. So you can do the same sort of thing. Just, it just takes a little bit more imagination with the exercises, but, you know, back and biceps are you know, pull-ups and, and gymnastic rings, um, you know, different. D- exercises like that rows it's hard to replicate curls exactly but if you can do chin-ups then you're basically doing curls anyway so
1: sure so there are a couple concepts that you just mentioned and that you also mentioned in your chapter that i think are are really helpful to understand and have helped me in my learning journey and my fitness journey um that i'd love to to get into more one of them is this idea of progressive overload and this is something you know probably a lot of people have heard of, whether it's in the fitness world or somewhere else, it's a, it's a common idea, but I know at least in my journey, I forget it all the time. It's really easy to just get into routines and then keep them the same forever. Uh, and I see this with learning too, all the time when I'm working with people, it's like, okay, what, what exercises should I do? every day to get better at speed reading or increase my memory or whatever. And it's like, well, the whole point is you shouldn't be doing the same thing all the time. If you do that, you will, whether it's your body or your brain, you will adapt to what you do. And if you don't push yourself any further, there's no reason for you to adapt further, which is, you know, one of the things that you talk about in your book and how that works and how to keep that progressing at, at a steady rate. And I think this is, this is both a challenge and an encouragement because you know, especially when you're starting with anything, uh, it's really it is easy to look around and see. You know, I'm shout out to Todd. You mentioned Todd Kuslikis earlier. He's a he's a good friend of mine, actually. Um, but it's it's easy to see people who have reached where you ultimately would love to get, and say, okay, well, I see that they're doing muscle ups. I guess I should try to do that. I don't know if anyone else out there listening has tried to do a muscle up. It's extremely hard. And if you try to start there, you're just going to get discouraged and stop. But definitely the way that progressive overload works, it's not about uh, where you ultimately want to be. It's about where you are right now. So uh, it's important to remember if it feels hard for you right now, that means it's something that's good. That's going to help you adapt. And you only need to work until it feels hard for you, not feels hard for somebody else in order for to start that adaption process.
0: Exactly. Yes. So much and so much of fitness is so much of fitness gets blown out of proportion. There's a lot of toxicity in the fitness world in that, you know, you're always you're always being shown these these fitness models with, you know, and let's be honest, half of these guys are juicing and we know that they're juicing. It's not it's not even it's not a question anymore. We know that they're taking steroids. Everyone knows they're taking steroids. Let's just get that on. Let's put that on the table. (laughs) It's happening. Okay, don't kid yourself. So we get shown all of these images of the Ronnie Coleman's of the world. And we, we, and we think that that's like something that, we, that the average person should be aspiring towards. And, you know, and I'm certainly not saying that, you know, I'm not saying don't, by all means, be a bodybuilder. I'm not trying to discourage that by any means at all. If that's your bag, then that's your bag. But I fix computers. I don't have, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder. It's not what I choose to do. It's not what I'm, what I'm super passionate about. So I think so much of, of progressive overload is exactly that is just staying present and staying in the moment and not worrying about comparing. I'm not comparing myself to other people. I'm not comparing myself to really anybody other than where I am right now in this very moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I can look back at my own previous workouts even, but sometimes that's not even applicable. It's just where am I right now? Where are my energy levels right now? Where are my strength levels right now? Not where was I yesterday, not where is this guy over here, not this guy over here that can, you know, run a mile in, in three and a half minutes. And <laughs> I, I, okay, great. That's great for him. And if I want to do that, I can reach that point, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. Right yeah, now, I just need to exactly. worry about how do I get 1% better today? How do I leave the, my workout today and be a little bit stronger than I was when I came in? And that's mm-hmm. all it is. It's just those incremental um, that, that that whole kaizen idea, that that incremental, in, incremental progress towards the goal, it's steady
1: and consistent. Yeah, and uh, we've talked about this in other episodes too. But this idea of perfectionism, I think it manifests itself in, in a lot of ways in fitness. And there's there's also this go big or go home mentality, which sometimes can be a good thing. It's like yeah, go uh, go for big goals that inspire you. Um, but there's also the go home side of that seems to happen a lot. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, if I can't get in an hour at the gym today, I might as well do nothing and eat this bag of Cheetos on the couch. Or it's like, (laughs) it's like, honestly, if you do five pushups right now, you're not going to be a model tomorrow, but you're going to be five pushups better than you were. (laughs) And that that's great. Like start there, start somewhere. If getting off the couch is hard for you right now, that's a great place to start. It doesn't matter if you can't do 10 pull-ups. Um, but anyway, I don't wanna don't wanna beat a dead horse there because I think that um
0: and I, well I've had a conversation similar to that with my own mother who's like I talked to her about this stuff and she's like, Well, you know, I don't really I don't really wanna do all those crazy push-up stuff. And I'm like, okay, great, but If, if getting up and down off if, if laying down on your back on the floor and getting back up onto your feet, if that's what you struggle with right now, then that can be a workout. It doesn't have to be
1: crazy stuff. If it's hard for you, then it's something that will push your body to adapt, to get stronger. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so one thing, uh, and usually I try to, to stay kind of more general with a lot of these topics, but just since I think specifically with fitness. This is an area where when people think about goals, they think about fitness. It's like one of the first things that always comes up. So I did want to get a little more specific on this one. You said in your chapter that losing weight is a terrible goal. And I know so many people set that goal. So I thought it'd be really cool to talk about why that's the case, why you think that's a terrible goal and what people could do instead. Okay. So Again,
0: more of a story time. I was, when I was in wrestling, uh, wrestling, I don't know for those of you who weren't involved in high school in wrestling, I know this is like, like high school folk style wrestling, not like what you, not like the Lucha Libre, funny head, <laughs> funny headgear stuff that you see on TV. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that, but that's to teach their own. Um, so in, in wrestling, there's a, there's a strong component of weight management to try to, and then in a lot of combat sports, when you have, when you have weight classes, there's a bit of pressure to meet those weight classes. Um, so for me, I kind of got obsessed with this idea of, of losing weight as being the goal, right? So, and I, and so this is a mistake that I myself have made, and I, I paid the price for it. Um, so it, didn't, it really didn't hit me until my senior year, my senior year of wrestling. I had first cut down to 171 pounds, which, you know, doesn't seem like too much for, you know, not too bad. But I had gotten down to 171. Uh, that was where, I think that's where I wrestled my junior year as well. But, uh, when I played football, I usually walked around it between 185 and 190, And then I'd cut 10 to 15 pounds for, for wrestling for various reasons. We were, my team was kind of stacked up in the upper weights. So we all kind of moved around to try to make room for each other. It's, I'm going to, I'm not going to get too deep into it. It's a lot of <laughs> wrestling mechanics that sure. we don't need to, you know, to get, to get deep into here. That can be a, that could be another podcast episode. We'll, we'll, start, a, we'll start a wrestling
1: <laughs> podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go, <laughs> but
0: uh so the idea of just of, of losing weight that became the goal and not you know not so I started seeing pictures right and at the end of my senior year I was looking at pictures of myself and I remember that when I came into the year I would I kind of beat kids that and then I would wrestle them later in the year and struggle and struggle and struggle and by the end of the year I was really struggling to wrestle these same kids that at the beginning of the year I was fine on and I could not figure out what the issue was and what the, what the problem was and I started looking at pictures. And at the beginning of the year, when I first cut down to 71, I was 71, 171 pounds and, you know, had some muscle mass, had some some biceps, had some abs. I, you know, looked like I was a healthy kid. By the end of that season, and that was only two and a half, three months of being obsessed with this losing weight idea, uh, I was the same 171 pounds, but the the you could see the muscle definition like you know in in wrestling we wear singlet, so it's pretty much you can see whatever you you know it, it, there's not a lot there's not a lot of ways to hide anything um, not
1: much left for imagining. so
0: <laughs> you could see you know again you, so you no not really no not really um but so you could see the muscle mass deterioration and you could see that and so I started to kind of put that together like oh man I having I'm I'm not performing as well physically and maybe mentally. Uh, because I'm obsessed with this idea of, of losing weight and not staying fit. So this kind of shows me that being, I was 171 in both pictures. So maybe weight isn't really the biggest component we're looking at. And it's kind of maintaining a proper balance of, of, excuse me, I'm going to get the dog. I'll try to stop the dog from barking here for a minute. Um, but it's kind of a, It's more about body composition than it is about, uh, you know, weight loss. The only reason you need to be worried about weight specifically as a measure is if you're trying to make weight for a combat sport or something like that. If you're a wrestler or if you're an MMA fighter or a judoka. Is that how you pronounce it? I uh, think so. anyway, uh, if you know, but if you're in some kind of a sport that requires it, otherwise, you know. It, you see so many people walk around and you uh, you can find pictures of this. If you, if you do a Google image search for, for body composition pictures, you can find pictures of the same thing where it will show you a bunch of different people who weigh roughly the same amount, but at different body compositions. And, and that's the key, especially for people who, if all you're trying to do is, you know, look, look better with your shirt off, then you're not worried about your weight. You're worried about your body composition, how much muscle mass you have versus your body fat levels. Um, So really, it's much more important, in my opinion, to watch metrics like your body fat composition, Uh, body body mass index, BMI sucks. Um, (laughs) BMI is meant to measure it's meant to measure a broad population. But according to the BMI index, like every NBA basketball player is obese. Right. Yeah. Uh, So it's not a great measure for the one person. So getting body fat percentage measurements can really be a lot more of a, a meaningful metric as well as, you know, measures of performance. Am I, do, am I getting stronger? Am I improving my reps or my, my intensity on various exercises? Uh, you know, if I'm running, are my times decreasing? Am I performing well? Do I, on a, sub, you know, on a bit more subjective scale, am I having, am I, is, are my energy levels staying high? Do I feel like I'm losing energy? Do I feel like I'm more lethargic or foggy? Or, you know, these are way more important metrics than what number shows up on this scale when I step on it
1: right and and I think that that is I think the reason that weight loss has become a goal for so many is just because it's something that's really it's really tangible and it's also very marketable and so so many that you know fitness um or you know supplements out there anything like it's really easy to market to somebody hey i'm going to make that number that you look at every day on the scale change and that's something that's really tangible it's like hey you pay me five bucks and i can reduce your weight by five pounds in five minutes (laughs) you know it's it's a lot easier to sell than hey like you know you might not see that number change that you're always looking at but you're going to feel a lot better um which is definitely probably a better goal but it's a little harder to quantify and it's harder to sell it's exactly. also easier to, to to tell people the lie that, hey, like this person that you're looking at on the magazine weighs this much. Therefore, if you weigh this much, you'll also look like this. And then you, they can sell weight loss as a goal. And it's easier to market. Very um, true. But I think that your your point here is really important. If if that is something that you struggled with with your own fitness and you feel yourself obsessed with. number that you see on the scale there's a good chance that um, you have the wrong goal and what you're tracking isn't actually what you're trying to get out of it and you know we talk about what gets measured gets managed and if you also line that up with what your goals are if what you're trying to get is better health and happiness and feeling better about how you look in the mirror and yet what you're tracking is your weight you know if you track your weight you probably are going to change your weight, but it's probably not contributing to the goal that you actually have. I think very few people out there, if they really thought about it, actually care how much they weigh. It's actually a lot more about what you said is, is how you feel and how you look in the mirror and your body composition and everything like that. So
0: exactly right. No, yeah, exactly. Make sure that you're measuring, you know, define what Feeling better means to you, exactly. and it could and it could mean something different to everybody. Feeling better for one person might mean, "Hey, this pain in my knee goes away," whereas feeling better for somebody else might be, you know, a whole body transformation. And who it, define what that means to you, and make sure that you're tracking metrics, and make sure that you're tracking goals that are associated with what you're actually trying to accomplish. Exactly. Right. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to track a metric that's not related to the goal you're actually pursuing, and I think that is. It it is a common thing. And I really do think it is probably mostly just that's the information out there. That's the most visible. Um, doesn't, there's a lot of other good information out there, but it doesn't necessarily make the front page or make the tabloids or whatever. So you don't see it as much if you don't look for it. Uh, but it's definitely out there. Um, Those little, those little plastic body fat calipers aren't (laughs) the sexiest thing in the world. No, no, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I love that. I think I think we've, we've drilled that topic enough. So um, I do want to give everybody on the show a chance to uh, either send a specific message, something you've really, you know, want to share with people that you want people to believe you think the world would be better off if everyone believed um, and or a challenge. If there's a challenge you'd like to, to send out, Um, this is your chance. So do you have a message or a challenge you'd like to give to our audience today? I do. I mean, and it's, the biggest thing is, is,
0: is like you said early on. I mean, you, nobody. You don't have to have a bachelor degree to do this stuff. You don't have to. You don't have to go to school for four years. You don't have to be an expert. Uh, something that I hear in this world, and something that I hear, I hear it with various things like meditation is another one that I hear with this. But like, like I'm not strong enough to, or I'm not in good enough shape to start calisthenics. And I hear that, and it's just it's it's completely a good that disconnect for me that like no, you don't have to be doing. You don't have to start running 10 miles a day. You can start running a half a mile. You can start running a quarter mile. You can can start start walking walking to your
1: mailbox. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. You can get up off the couch and walk to the end of your driveway. It doesn't, It yeah, just start (laughs) doing something and don't put so much pressure on it. Um, there's a Socrates quote that says, no man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. And to me, that is, that quote has always really stuck out to me is I am a big believer that it's kind of our personal job, our purpose per se, to explore our potential, whatever that might be for various people. I don't think that anybody necessarily has a preordained, you know, purpose for this, but it's our job to explore our potential. It's our job to be the best person that we can be given the circumstances that we have. And I think that physical training is really one of those facets. I mean, you know, you have, you have the mental game, you have the intellectual part, you have the artistic and the creative part, the kind of the the classic Renaissance man idea, right? The, the warrior, poet, linguist, artist, (laughs) uh, intellectual. I, I really aspire towards that. And so I really think that, that fitness is, you know, it's, if if fitness is missing in your life i think it's a really important piece of your life that is missing so i really encourage you to just start just start something go to startbodyweight.com and just look at it and and don't get too bogged down with what's going on and you know you'll see a chart with all the bodyweight exercises on it and up at the top are easier things and down at the bottom are more advanced stuff don't get bogged down with what's at the bottom of that chart start at the top start where you are right now and just do something My challenge, and if as far as a challenge, do it today, just today. Stand up if you have time right now. If you're not in your car or something, obviously don't you know, get out of your car right now and go do squats in the highway, or you might end up getting arrested, or I don't know, I don't know. But the next time that you have the chance, just do a couple of spotty weight squats, do a couple of push ups. I mean, uh, get one of those pull up doors, pull up bars that you can hang in your doorway and you know if you can't do pull-ups fine hang from that bar just grab that bar and pick your feet up and hang and that's going to start to get you that's going to start to get them those muscles working and 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 your body moving and not to mention the fact that it helps fix your posture and all kinds of stuff but that's a whole different conversation um but just the challenge i guess is and the main takeaway from this is you do not need to be a fitness expert i don't have any fitness certifications i'm just a i'm just a computer nerd who learned how to do push-ups really good so I
1: love that. <laughs> How much just just do it. Just start it. You should change that to your LinkedIn bio. <laughs> like, uh,
0: I'm just a computer nerd who got real good at pushups. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to reiterate, your challenge is start somewhere. <laughs> just start. Yeah. Don't
0: put so much pressure on it. Do a pushup. Do a get up, walk to the end of your driveway today.
1: I love just it. something. So Start yeah, w- let's put it as uh do one thing that is physically challenging to you, whatever that is. Whatever um, that is. So if doing one squat is too hard, uh just yeah, <laughs> I don't know, do a one wall push-up. You can like stand parallel to a wall and just press your arms against it. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, um it. and I would also I would also maybe uh to wrap up what you first said with that challenge is um find a good resource and stick to it. I think that, you know, um, not to put my words in your mouth or anything, but that's, that's definitely one thing that was really helpful for me. It wasn't about finding the absolute best plan to get shredded, guaranteed, or the best diet It was about finding something that works, something that I feel like I could do and just trusting it and starting it. And you'll learn along the way if you need to change things. But if you never start, you never will.
0: Precisely. Don't, uh, don't succumb to shiny object syndrome, you know, changing, <laughs> changing, changing workout programs every couple of weeks. No, like I said before, like I've said a couple of times, startbodyweight.com or Google the uh, Reddit recommended routine, pick one of those, do it for six weeks.
1: Awesome. Love it. And if they're, if they want to learn more about you, your journey and the stuff you're putting out, I know you're, you're putting out awesome content on a pretty regular basis. Where can they find that?
0: I mean, I'm on Facebook. Um, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn and I can maybe send those links over. I forget what. Yeah, the- I'll
1: definitely drop the links in the description so people can find you. Um, you can also find more about Dylan at the superhuman playbook.com. There's information about his chapter there. Uh, and there is also, he has a coaching page he's one of our five-star coaches at superhuman Academy. You can find his coaching page at superhumanacademy.com as well. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah. Also,
0: I have DylanPeterson.info, and uh, also if you're if you're interested if you ever need computer work, TechiesRepair.com.
1: <laughs> there you go, nice, nice plug. All right, so we'll drop all those links in the show notes uh, so you can find those. And yeah, Dylan, thank you so much for being on today. I uh, it was really enjoyable uh, interviewing the what what was the phrase you used for yourself again? The computer nerd that got really good at pushups. Pretty much. I love that. Yep. <laughs> all right, I'm man. Happy. We'll I'm talk happy. soon. I appreciate you
0: having me on man it was great to be able to just to be able to chat about it and like i said i mean and anybody out there listening like i said just start guys there's no need to get don't don't put too much pressure on it just start
1: awesome all right man talk soon all right man thanks